1: Live.
2: Hello, who's in there? Hello, you alright?
1: Welcome.
3: The Colton Collective Podcast. Now, here are your hosts, Dave A.C. and the Sixth Doctor. Maybe. It's Mr. Day, Basy.
4: Well, you sounded a little bit muffled when I thought you might have been had your head stuck in Nurse Emmanuel's blouse.
5: And Bill But
4: that is relevant to today's show, by the way, just if people yeah. think I've gone mad.
3: <laughs> Linda Baron for the win. <laughs> the only thing decent in this episode. Anyway, <laughs> before we get into all of that, it's time to introduce the collective today. Uh, a nice, well, warm return welcome to Mister <laughs> Charlie p Seventy Nine. Hello, sir.
6: Oh yeah, I, I've been uh, hanging out at that um, hotel room with all the girls the last couple of weeks, so uh, ah. I decided to, to, to get out for a change to get some fresh air.
4: Oh, we don't want <laughs> if I can get off soaking. Yeah. <laughs>
3: It's good to have you back, sir. Oh, thank you. And someone who's back is always welcome. It's Mister Skeptical. Hello, good sir. How are you? Uh, well, you know, we'll we'll talk about that during, <laughs> during the <laughs> review.
7: <laughs> Indeed, we will. Yes,
3: and joining us, episode briefly on audio, is Logan. Hello, sir. Hello, people in TV land. Oh, wait, this isn't TV, is it? No. Thank goodness! <laughs> if you see me, you'd understand.
5: <laughs>
3: and live and in audio, lovely crystal clear audio. That is, is the Seventh Doctor. Hello, sir.
8: Hello. What do you call a cross between a Cyberman and the current actor playing the Doctor? A Cybermat. Boom! Um, mm. <laughs> Please sit your waitresses. All
3: right, one more person to introduce on audio, and that's Mr. Tim Jury.
0: Hello, Ian.
3: Hello, sir.
0: Good to have you on board.
3: All right, that's it for those on audio. It's time to lower the cone.
2: Control, new agent training program, section 3.5, the Cone of Silence. To activate, simply lower the cone and speak clearly. What? Do not overuse the Cone of Silence. What? Do not shout in the Cone of Silence. What? In fact, don't even use the Cone of Silence. What? It's never worked right. I don't know why we bought it in the first place. What?
3: In going by the Seventh Doctor's jokes, some people want to put him under the cone. <laughs> Alright, so joining us under the cone today. Uh, the extra uh, large sized cone today. Uh Pot sixty nine is here. Hello, welcome no see. glad you're here. Tom Baker's old scarf. Silent TARDIS Pyrovile is here. Um we wish Bon to his uh wife and daughter who are off to London. Well, off to England and yeah. And, uh, and hopefully they'll get some do some nice Doctor Who things and bring you back some lovely Doctor Who stuff. Anyway, enough on that. Uh, Cybob is also here. I voted for Saxon who's joining us. Enterprise he who is here, and so is uh, the person who is full of lots of interesting news, Davy Boy. Oh, and also Guest 8 and 9 are occupying the dressing rooms on the left and on the right. Although there was a strange noise coming from Guest eight's dressing room, so I don't know.
4: <laughs> Try the red oh. one,
5: <laughs>
3: Yes. Oh, there's only one more person to introduce, and that's the typing monkey.
6: Typey Mucky refers to be called as Stormageddon now.
3: (laughs) (laughs) Go Stormageddon, go! Yep. (laughs) Alright, it's news time, and uh, Mr. Tim Jury, you have some news? I was going to read the news for you, wasn't I? Yes, yes. You were. <laughs> yes. After a great deal of arguing in last week's Cult and Collective, it can now be announced who and what is going on with Doctor Who's Christmas special this year. The Doctor is returning to war-torn England uh, during World War II. Uh without, of course, uh, Rory or Amy. Um... Oh, by the way, spoiler alert! Uh, <laughs> no, it's, it's, it's well out there. If you're avoiding it, then you may want to avoid the rest of what I'm about to say. Sorry, I didn't catch that a little earlier, but oh well. Time travel. I'll fix that later. Anyway, uh, the Doctor will be playing the part of a caretaker in a house in Dorset, which provides shelter to refugees. When Madge Arwell and her two children, Lily and Cyril, find themselves being evacuated to the Doctor's pseudo-winter home, they find an early Christmas gift waiting for them in the form of an extremely familiar big blue box. With magical adventures of exploration... (laughs) Sorry. Sorry pop-up. Nice. Uh, exploration is in store for the Arwell family. They soon learn that, above all else, the Time lord never forgets his debts. For now, the mysterious debt will remain a mystery since the Doctor is not typically in the position to be indebted to anyone. Anyone can guess what said debt might be. So, joining Matt Smith in the Doctor Who Christmas special will be BAFTA-nominated actress Claire Skinner as Matt Arwell, legendary comedian Bill Bailey, as well as Arabella Weir and... Alexander Armstrong, if you are familiar with Alexander Armstrong's name and are wondering why, uh, you will have heard him uh, as Mr. Smith in The Sarah Jane Adventures. <sighs> well, I got that all out. Uh, starting tomorrow on, uh, on Fox, Fox Monday nights, welcomes Terra Nova, a brand new uh, science fiction drama television series. Uh, basically, Uh, from what I understand, uh, the plot being, it's 2149, uh, when all life on planet Earth is threatened by extinction, and basically they find a way to uh, transport a whole bunch of people uh, 85 million years back in time, to the middle of the the Cretaceous period, um, to basically start all over again. So, it should be interesting. Uh, Jason Amara leads the cast. Uh, for those who are not familiar with that name, uh, just think the... Uh, don't hold it against them. Uh, the US version of Life on Mars. Uh, yes. So, um, But it's a mixed cast of uh, um, uh, Brits and Americans. So... Uh, oh, yes, and Brandon Braga is uh, one of the producers. Uh, so... That's enough of me babbling. It's time to hear some babble from someone else. Uh, well, I... Duck in and see what uh, uh, Davy Boy has put in the chat. It's over to you, Mr.
5: Darth Skeptical. You put him to sleep.
8: Yeah, must have. <laughs> Darth, are you there? Nylon says fallen. <laughs> anyway, I, uh, I think the doctor came in and went shh. <laughs>
4: uh, well, there was a so the simple mind.
8: Oh.
3: <laughs> Some of the things that, that Davey Boy has put into the chat is, uh, Alex Kingston has actually joined a cast of upstairs down. Oh, Thursday. Oh, hang
4: on a second, hang on a second. That's why. He muted him. He didn't want to hear those spoilers. Oh. Oh.
5: <laughs> come back, come back.
7: Hello, I'm sorry, are we, uh... It's <laughs> yep. in the, um...
9: Uh, yes. I would it. you like my to... news
7: item? I have a news item for you if you'd like to yeah. have it at this juncture. Very well. Okay. <laughs> uh, in uh, early last year, there was a show which, uh, uh, let's call it a pilot, was aired on BBC Three called This Is Ginsy. That's J-I-N-S-Y. And it was a 30-minute, incredibly weird comedy pilot, which could only be called, I suppose science fiction comedy maybe science fiction fantasy blended with monty python absurdism comedy uh very weird but incredibly funny uh and for whatever reasons bbc3 did not elect to pick up the series instead sky atlantic did and i'm not entirely sure exactly how far off the radar sky atlantic is but i think it's kind of far isn't it dave well, yes, Atlantic is on, but uh, I've never watched it. But is it is it a part of standard digital packages, or is it something you had to pay a little bit no. more for to get? Uh, I think it might be on the family
4: package. Uh, so yeah, I think it's on the first tier. Okay, but so it, not... it's all it's only recently been on that. It um, um, Tim might know a little bit more than me when he comes on later. But as far as I know, it's certainly um, it's sort of you know.
7: Less than Sky 2
4: or Sky 3, it's...
7: Okay, so it's not... For American viewers, it would not be as distant from the normal package as, say, Stars is. Um, So anyway, Sky Atlantic picks up the series. It just started broadcasting um, an eight-part series last Monday, uh, and the first episode of the new series featured David Tennant in an absolutely hilarious command performance that simply has to be witnessed to be believed for its comic genius. Uh, that was swiftly followed by Episode 2, which featured uh, Peter Safaro uh, I can never say his name, Sarah Finowitz, who is, of course, the voice of Darth Maul, and um, was, has had a number of great comic hits, um, including his own show, and... Um, um, oh, hell, I can't remember the name of it. Oh, what was it? Um, um, da, 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 uh, the Look Around uh, You? Look Around You, thank you very much, uh, which actually aired even on the U.S. Cartoon Network. Um, his performance was amazing. Um, and then this Monday, Catherine Tate will be the featured uh, guest star. Who knows what she's going to be doing? All of the people who are, are featuring are, are doing so in extreme performances, let's say. Um it is hard to describe what this show is, except to say it is amongst the most hilarious things I have ever seen in watching British comedy for 20 or 30 years. It is better than Monty Python. It is better than Fawlty Towers, I think. It is, I, I honestly think after seeing just three episodes, it is the finest example of British comedy I've ever seen. And it well, okay. features stars from Doctor Who, so what more do you want? I think we want the repeat of the title of it. it's that good. It's, it, it it's called This is Jinsy, J-I-N-S-Y. Jinsy is the titular island which uh, the series is set upon, and it follows the uh, adventures of the leader of that island and his, let's call it, um, personal private secretary, I suppose, um, as they try to administrate uh, the governance of laws which flows from a fictional um, deity called the great he um, <laughs> it, it, i don't I, I honestly don 't know how it is it is indescribable really it is the most unique and individualistic comedy. I personally have ever seen. It's like, it's like they took one sketch on Monty Python and they turned that one sketch into an entire series. Um, but go see it. it. Again, it features Doctor Who stars. It features uh, so the, the top talent, uh, really co- top comic talent in all of Britain. Um, also features Jennifer Saunders uh, with a voice uh, throughout the series. The main two guys, though, are fairly complete unknown. The two guys called Justin Chubb and Chris Brand. And honestly, I've never seen them in anything else before. They're writing it, and they're the main stars. Uh, but they are hilarious. Seriously, just go see this thing. Find it however you can find it, and I think you'll be rewarded for the experience.
4: Did you I, mention I, Harry Hill seems to be in it? Jennifer
7: Saunders... Mm-hmm. Yeah, Harry Hill is it? Yes, but you know, again, it, it, there are a revolving cast. Of, he, right. He's actually he is actually a main guy that is throughout the entire thing. But there are it it is a it is a series of individuals. It's sketch comedy put together in such a way that it actually makes a narrative. Um, it it clearly owes a debt to Monty Python in a way, but it, it also owes a lot to guest prime minister. Uh, it also owes something to, Oh, I don't know. Um, Oh, Terry Gilliam, which I know is sort of saying the same thing as a debt to Monty Python, but there is, there is an off, uh, there is a, a bit of world creation that's going on here that makes an odd sort of sense as you see it. Um, I I don't know. I could talk about it forever, but seriously, it is is a comedy that is entirely in the vein of the things that we normally talk about on this show. It it is science fictional comedy that works in a... If you can imagine, you know that I don't like Red Dwarf, but this is sort of like Red Dwarf, but done incredibly well. I mean, the comedy is so sharp and so cutting edge, it just... I don't know how many times... As I said, there are only three episodes, but I have watched them now an easy 50 times. Um, right. And every time, every little sketch in it is comic gold. Seriously. Well, they've made eight amazing. episodes. They've made eight. They Eight, well, nine, because the, the pilot for BBC Not Three right. Um, right. would make it nine. Um, but it's uh, just three ridiculous.
3: And, uh, the pilot is out there, if you know where to look, um, and plus the first two episodes.
7: Yeah, the first two um, aired back-to-back this, this last Monday, uh, and now we're on a regular Monday schedule. I think it's like Monday, 10.05 p.m., I want to say, uh, British, well, for the moment, British Summertime.
3: If if anyone knows of any boxes laying around, um, they might want to look in those boxes. Um and they might find things just laying in the box. Indeed. Yeah.
5: <laughs>
3: Not said. <laughs> yep. Alrighty. Uh thank you for that, uh, Darth. And uh yeah, I'll be looking in some boxes I've got laying around and I'm sure I'll find something. Uh more news from Davy Boy. Uh David Kennant is joining the cast. of Postman Pat yes they're turning Postman Pat into a 3D film uh Stephen Mangan uh uh, Rupert Grint David Tennant and Jim Broadbent uh will be uh voices in the new animated version of Postman Pat uh (laughs) uh this little article I saw in the the Telegraph about it uh, uh made me laugh because uh uh when uh Mannington said that, you uh, know, he was talking about uh, being cast, uh, he, he told his three-year-old son, I'm going to be Postman Patch, and his son said, no you're not, Dad, don't be silly. <laughs>
5: <laughs> it's I just it it, it it's just Mrs. tickled Guggies. my fancy. <laughs>
3: <laughs> <laughs> oh dear. This uh, is playing chess. <laughs> <laughs> <meow>. <laughs> the black and white cat, yes. <laughs> Uh, I'm trying to find anything else by by, uh, Davey Boy here, and I'm not seeing anything, so I'm hoping I got everything. Uh, (laughs) But yes, I think that about wraps up for news. Was there anyone I missed, Dave? Did you have any news? Uh,
4: No, but I have to remind you about Andy. Yes,
3: yes, we have news for Andy. Yes, if you're interested in joining us on the Colton Collective, here's how to do it.
10: If you enjoy listening, why not join the collective and participate yourself? We're on TalkShoe. Call ID 54821. Call in on 724-444-7444. This is a US number, area code 724, so do check your calling plan before dialing in. If you have a fit client, you can call in for free on 66.212.134.192. Or you can connect him directly by the shoe phone client if you have TalkShoe Live installed. We're looking forward to hearing
3: you. Ah, yes, now I realise what I forgot. Jodper news. Uh, no, I mean uh, Alex Kingston news. Uh, yes, Alex Kingston will be joining the cast of Upstairs, Downstairs. So this Christmas, look out for Alex Kingston, Upstairs, Downstairs. Ta-da! Unfortunately, it's period drama, so she's probably going to be wearing, like, Big flowy things and not joggers. I hope there's a horse riding uh, <laughs> episode. She's in. <laughs> oh, down boy, down. <laughs> All right, Dave, take over before while well, I go take a cold shower.
5: <laughs> I think
4: I should do yeah. Yes, and uh, we're we're talking. We're going to be spoilers from now on. We're talking about the latest episode of Doctor Who. Closing time. I'm going to start off with a clip, and then just to give the uh, warning. Um, I think we'll we'll go to Charlie P. But we'll then go to the Seventh Doctor and then let Ian chime in third, just so he doesn't rock the boat too much. And uh, we'll play a little clip just to get us into the mood. So it's spoilers from here on in.
2: Thank you. Better cash up then. You head off. I'll do the change of rooms too. Thanks, Shona. There's a list on the fridge. I saw it. And I've labelled the food and sort of numbered it.
10: I can cope on my own. Now, please go and have a rest.
2: Hello? Sorry, we need to close up. Two minutes, okay? I'm
10: coping. I'm coping on my own. Hello, Craig. I'm back. How could she phone you? Having who phone me? Nobody phoned me. I'm just here. Have redecorated? I don't like it. It's a different house. We moved. Good. love to, Sophie. Bye.
0: Something's wrong.
5: On
10: your own, you said. But you're not. You're not on your own. Just Increase sulfur emissions and look at the state of this place. What are you not telling me?
2: Hello? Who's in there?
8: Whatever
2: you are, get off this. <laughs> You've
5: broken him. You're right.
4: Okay, and we're gonna put uh, Charlie P on the spot to start us off and then we'll go to another clip and then Seventh Doctor. Charlie.
6: Alright. So um basically the gist I got from this episode was basically it's sort of if you know, Lod, the larger mixed with Abbott and Costello Meet the Cybermen. That's basically what I got from uh <laughs> this this episode. Um actually when I the, the whole the whole bit with with um Let's jump to uh, Storm again and the whole bit. Um, I thought of it today. There was like, there's always this thing about this acting experiment. If you, you know, take a picture of a, of somebody just with a blank express and then you intercut with other things, you know, like food. Oh, that means, you know, that person's hungry or something like that. Or they're thinking about something else, you know. And so like with, this is the thing with, with Storm again and every time like, you know, the baby will say, you know, say something, and then Matt, and then Matt Smith will say, you know, oh, you know, prefers to be called Storm again, or whatever, you know. Uh, do I look like an idiot? He's like, you know, and, and all that stuff. So, um, yeah, um, yeah, you
9: know, I, wa- I
6: watched it twice, and last night, you know, it was kind of, eh, you know, but I think, you know, it's a mixed bag. I think I liked it. Yeah, I did like it. Um, so I, last night was probably a three and a half, and and th- I watched it again, and I, I sort of warmed up a little bit more in it so i bumped it up to a four um like i said you know with the whole thing i mean i don't know i mean it was nice seeing the cyber mats again um just the the little little design with the teeth and everything i have notes here so um you know the the line with uh, increased sulfur emissions and (laughs) the um the dr kagabot you know his farewell tour and um the whole bit, um, you know, the, the, when, you, when you, when you, when you see him as the, um, uh, um, working in the toy shop talking about, you know, you know, the, the kids about, the, you know, wasting their money on lamps and vegetables. Um, just all the all of you know, the robot dog and all that stuff, you know, uh, um, yeah, um, let's see what else I got. Just know, just, you know, things like, uh, seeing, you know, the, um, there was a brief look at the uh the teapot the um that we saw in the lodger the, the Charles the and Diana teapot um you know the, i
4: just I, I, <laughs> that's, that's your point of interest behind me didn't you even notice that there were no cyberdine C's on the chest of the Cyberman?
6: oh yeah, I saw, I noticed that well, I noticed, I noticed they took' them away so um so yeah, I noticed that but um yeah, just you know just all things I wrote down you know. Come along, bitey, and all that stuff. And you know, the doctor's wearing the eyepiece. It's, you know, very similar to the one Tom Baker had in Robot. So, um, yeah, I think, mm-hmm. yeah, I think, yeah, yeah. Um, and it did. I just, you know, like like last night, and like when I watched it, it, you know, the whole blow him up with love bit bothered me. But I guess it, for some reason, it didn't bother me today. So I don't know. Um, and of course, there's the whole big. Uh, coda at the end of the episode with uh, River Song and the, uh, the spacesuit. suit um, but you know, but, know both. it is what it is so yeah that's all I have
10: right now
4: ok well, well I'm sure we'll come back to you I'm sure you'll think of lots more I'll play a clip sure. and we'll go to the 7th Doctor
10: what are you here for what's happening just popped in say you don't do that I checked upstairs when we moved in it's real and next door both sides they're humans is it the fridge? Are there aliens in my fridge? I just want to see you, Craig. Cross my heart. Been knocking around on my own for a bit. Bit of a farewell tour. One last thing, probably in to see you, then I'm off to see the alignment of Exodor. The alignment of Exodor? 17 galaxies in perfect unison. Meant to be spectacular. I can't miss it. Literally can't. It's locked in a time stasis field. I get one crack of flying my tarnished straight into it if I get my day started. Which I have. Sounds nice. This is me, popping in and popping out again, just being social, just having a laugh.
4: Right, and, and the, just comment on that on text, uh, are you referring to, uh, right, how it was referred to as jumpers in another podcast, not as jobpers? Is that what the text is about, Ian?
3: Yes, yes. Tim corrected yeah. me saying it was jumpers, not jobbers. but I beg to differ, it was jobpers.
4: Yes, it is jumpers, uh but it, it was difficult to hear, I must admit. Okay, I, well, I, I thought
3: she said jumpers go. first, but on rewatch, I was like, "Oh, now that makes some more sense
4: yeah and and the repeating cycle in the uh, the big bang where you keep so, in fact, I think that was one of your Twitter pictures for some time yeah. at the door
3: <laughs> yes yes in, in, in the big bang um um Pandora opens she's wearing jumpers. She went into the other room to check out her arse. <laughs> If she wanted to look at her breasts, she would have just stared down the dress anyway,
4: radio there we check, go
9: check,
3: check the check the uh the uh what are they called closed captions, yes
4: okay, most us' got to follow that.
8: I don't think I can. <laughs> I'd like to follow it. oh, sorry, <laughs> oh dear. <laughs> This episode was a mixed bag for me. Uh, I did enjoy the episode, um, but there were some problems with it. Um, uh, I I guess you have to consider that this episode uh, was going to be a lighter episode, Uh, so you have to take that into consideration when you rate this. Um, The Cybermen, they were kind of a mixed bag in themselves. Uh, I like the reference to you will be like us. Um, I thought these were more of the Mondos type Cybermen than the, the new series Cybermen that we've seen so far. Um, it, I think they've acted more like the Mondos Cybermen. Um, but I really want to see a story just about the Cybermen, and this wasn't it. I don't think we've really had one since the middle of Series 2, so I'm hoping pretty soon we'll get a a Cyberman story about them, and and it'll be a good one, I hope. Um, The sonic screwdriver, I'm starting to really hate that thing. Uh, Now it's starting to be a weapon. We saw a little bit of that in uh, Day of the Moon, and now we're seeing it shoot green Um, energy waves again in this story. It was a little bit different but uh, um, it's doing too much. It's doing way too much. Uh, I hope they tone it down. Is this a laser sonic screwdriver now? I I don't know. Um, Although I did like the one little line that the doctor had that, uh, don't worry, I have an app for that when he was referring to the screwdriver. So that that was kind of a nice little line but
4: Perhaps we're building up to the it's having the red setting, ready for him to give it to Riversong at some point
8: oh no, that's a possibility um the The eyepiece that was mentioned earlier um I didn't think of Tom Baker there uh and robot, but uh what I thought was eye patch doctor uh, is this kind of a foreshadowing of of uh the eye patch lady coming back, which we did see later in the episode Um uh, but that just struck me there. Um, I I like the scenes with Alfie, Um, the Stormageddon, dark lord of all, I thought was just great. Uh, Who would have thought of that? I I would never have thought of that for a line or a a name. Um, But uh, I I love the scene with the Doctor and Alfie where he made the stars look like space, being out in space, and I just kind of thought... Hmm, well, we see a future Alfie sometime, uh, maybe on a space mission, meeting the doctor again. And I, I just thought that was great. Uh, if you noticed, uh, Alfie's jacket also had stars on it. So that was kind of interesting. Um, the farewell tour, um, when, I, when the doctor was talking about that, I kind of thought about uh, the end of David Tennant's tour as the doctor his farewell tour, and I thought this was much better handled. Uh, instead of whining that he's dying, he didn't want to go, uh, we had uh, Matt Smith's doctor, the 11th doctor, just um, kind of accepting it. And, uh, Uh-oh,
4: no, I've got to disagree there.
8: Oh, okay. Um,
4: because, because between the last episode and this, he must have aged at least 100 years, so he must have spent 100 years avoiding it.
8: Are we sure of that, though, Dave? Remember, the doctor lies.
4: Well, I assume that the, the as it ends with him getting the, the, the blue envelopes and the cowboy hat, he's now uh-huh. our 1,100-year-old doctor, and when he left Amy and Rory um, with their house, although he could have aged as well between, between the end of... Um, a good man goes to war, where you know he left in the TARDIS and told River Song to get uh, Amy and Rory back. To when he meets them again in the cornfields in Let's Kill Hitler, you know a lot of time could have passed during that thing. You know he comes back with his new coat, and it could be fifty or hundred years older there. But I got the impression that uh, we've got to assume that a lot of time has passed between him leaving. That's why he looks so fondly at seeing Amy and Rory in the store. Uh, obviously, not much time has passed for them—maybe only six months—but for him, he's presumably have got to have aged and had, you know, hundred years of adventures. Anyway, that's just a, a thought. So I apologize for interrupting your flow, but
8: no, no, me, it's good to have interaction. Okay. Um. Uh, my simple thought on that, though, is Rivers said. The doctor lies, and maybe he lied about his age back in *The Impossible Astronaut*. Uh, it's possible. Uh, I don't know. Well, in um, the
4: sorry again in the uh, in the Night Terrors one, he says to the young boy when he's talking about you know the Emperor's new Daleks clothes or something or whatever it is the line that Darth didn't like. He said about a thousand years ago when I was a young kid. Again, more than yeah. the nine hundred. Cool. Yeah, 900,
8: 1,000, it's it's pretty close. He, he could have gotten away with it and still be 900. Yeah. Probably. I don't know. Um, let's see. Uh, looking back through my notes here, uh, you know, when I first saw this episode, I, I watched it twice. The first time I through, I thought, oh, I'm not going to have very much to say. The uh, second time through, I had quite a few notes that I wrote down, so... Uh, I guess I did have a lot to say about this episode. Uh, I, I, I think Craig in this episode was was important. I don't know if the doctor has realized it yet at the end of the story, but um, how much the, the world and also the universe needs the doctor to be around, to make things right that are wrong. Um, I, I think the doctor is going to come to realize that in the next story. Um, also, I, I think Craig shows how good uh, the doctor is for his companions. Uh, I, I just hope that the doctor realizes that and doesn't throw Amy and Rory off to the side again and say bye and not come back. Uh, I, I, I think we're going to see him again next year. So uh, I, I just hope the doctor realizes that. Uh <laughs> I, I wondered why River had those eyewitness reports of those three kids at the end of the, sh- the story. Uh, you would think, why would that be recorded? How would that be recorded? Uh, do they have some sort of future importance? Uh, maybe in the next story. Um, I guess I we'll halfway way I, I
4: thought it was just a way of editing through to the scene. You
8: know, that's no, possible. The way of
4: just tagging it together.
8: But who's going to record? that information. Wasn't River in the year about 5000 doing her oh. studies and who's who's going to have that information 3000 years later? Yeah, uh, yeah. So so I'm thinking there has to be some sort of importance. I could be wrong. And um I I get the impression that uh Ipash lady remembers the silence and it has something to do with her eye patch. Oh,
4: I know. Why I she, like she, that.
8: She's wearing it all the time. I don't think she has a a problem with her eye necessarily. It's just uh, some sort of device to help her remember the the silence. I like that. I like so that. So we'll, we'll have to wait and see. And um, the the very last scene with uh, River and the and the suit down in the water. I think we're going to get a, a, a reveal, just my guess, that uh, the person in the suit, when he or she kills the doctor, is not going to be a River. It's going to be some sort of uh, a change in there, similar to what we saw when the Pandorica opened in the Big Bang, and we were expecting one person, and we got another. Mm. So, uh, just my theory. And um, I, I did enjoy the episode. Again, I, I had some problems with it, but uh,
4: uh, 3.5 out of 5. Good. No, I, I like that uh, uh, theory about the eye patch, meaning that, you know, if you've got one eye covered, you can, you, you can see them or Perhaps it's some sort of, I like that idea greatly. Okay, well... Um, well maybe
8: there's little... an image or something of a silence showing on that one eye all the time.
4: Right, Yeah. Uh, Right, okay, uh, I'm going to play a third clip. Uh, Ian, are you okay to go after this, or are you off going, getting coffee? No, I'm, I'm, I'm here. Okay, <laughs> right, I'll play clip three. Sheila Clark
10: we're missing Tuesday. Tiff Gosh last seen Friday, Tom Luca last seen Sunday. And what else? These funny old power fluctuations, which just happened to coincide with the disappearances. No, but that's just the council putting in new cables, isn't it? Oh, yes. That's it. Mystery solved. Wasting my time. Just between you and Stormy, someone's been using a teleport relay right here in this shop. Teleport. Teleport like you see in Star Trek. Exactly. What was that? Was that the lights again? Just keep looking at me, Craig. Right at me. Just keep looking.
5: Oh, my God! What was that?
10: <laughs> ah! Ah! Quick reverse.
5: Okay, what the hell just happened?
10: They must have linked the teleport relay to lift, but I fused it. I can't use that again. What were those things? Cybermen. spaceship. We were in space! got to be out there somewhere. Can't get a fix. It must be shielded. Why haven't they invaded already? Craig, take Alfie and go. No. I know where it's safest for me and Alfie, and that's right next to you. Is that so? Yeah, you always win. You always survive. Those were the days. I can help you. I'm staying. crazy. All right. All right, maybe those days aren't quite over yet. Let's go investigate. I mean, there's no immediate danger now.
4: But we are, we are in immediate danger. <laughs> it's Ian. <laughs>
3: um, for me, the worst episode of Doctor Who since it came back.
5: Um,
3: uh, okay. Uh, me aside, uh, my wife fell asleep... Um, and at the end of the episode, we realised she'd fallen asleep, and she said to Liam, "Oh, I didn't I, I fell asleep." And Liam says, "You're lucky.
5: I wish I had."
3: Um, Liam said it was the worst episode he's seen. Uh, you know, there, there's a you know twelve-year-old who didn't like it. Uh, things I didn't like, um, uh, apart from the episode itself. It, it, I, and I'm I'm a person who actually I actually like the lodger. I appreciate the lodger. Is it a you know a classic episode? No, it's not. Um, but I do appreciate what they're trying to do in there. But this was just uh, I don't think it retained any of the the um, the uniqueness of of, of that. Uh, big big problem I had was. Uh, Craig taking Elfie into danger. I mean, what parent takes their baby along after knowing what happened with the doctor last time? That's just stupid. Um, And I just couldn't shake that. I'm just like, who takes their child? You know, you're wandering around at the power store. People have gone missing and, you know, presumably died. And here you are, bringing your baby along.
4: He said he was a rotten dad. (laughs) Oh, God, yeah. Tell
3: me about it. Uh, Just... And don't don't get me started on what it does to the Cybermen. I mean, God, how useless do they look now? Oh, oh man. I mean, how how are we how are kids supposed to fear the Cybermen? Well, you know, if you if you hear the cry of a baby or or anything, you know, you can you can kind of fake them out with emotions and stuff. Oh.
4: Well, this is the same I, uh, they're, they're thing just,
3: that was the night in, terrorist in, thing, wasn't it? just yeah, put in in, in, in in text that the Cybermen have always been, always been useless. But even more <laughs> so than this. I mean, this is just pathetic. They weren't even a threat. They messed a bag a couple of people who were, you know, alone at night in a department store. Hardly, uh, you know, hardly a huge threat, really. Um was cool kind of seeing the Cybermen... Didn't didn't dig the the, the gnashing teeth, you know. Uh, um, there was one that they that had during uh, Tom Baker's run. Uh, it, it was it was weird. It didn't look like the original side mess. It was a long kind of snake like thing, and I remember it leaping up and, and, and biting Sarah Jane. And you know what? I had nightmares about that thing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um. The script does give an answer to the your problem with the baby being taken into danger. I, I, even so, I mean, yes, the bit with Craig's where, where yeah. But still, uh, I just, as as a parent, I just don't get that. Um, I, I'd be like, you get out of here, you know. I wouldn't be helping the doctor. I'm sorry. I wouldn't be putting my child in danger that way. Um, no, don't buy it. It's, I just, I got to the end of it, and I felt really kind of let down and disappointed, and it, it was just... Bad. Um, I'm going to watch it again tonight. Thanks, Dave.
4: <laughs> you get to see Nurse Gladys Emmanuel
3: Yes, yes. Uh, yeah, I guess that's a highlight. Um, we're seeing Linda Baron on screen again. Love Linda Baron. Um, but yeah, even even the the bit at the end was was kind of like well duh. Um, yeah, knowing that Riversong is the one in the astronaut suit. It doesn't really come as a huge surprise. Um, yeah, I didn't. Yeah, uh, one out of one out of five, and I'm only giving it a one because I hate to give Doctor Who a zero.
4: But as Sixth Doctor, uh, Seventh Doctor said, if um, if if they've shown River Song definitely in the suit underwater. That's probably an indication that it's not going to be here in the suit that comes out yeah. of the water. Yeah,
3: yeah. If Steve it's, is if it's anything to go by. Um, yeah. But I mean, it does tie in, you know, it's obviously something someone that the doctor knows because he said, oh, you know, it's, I know it's you, blah, blah, blah. And it explains why when she shoots, she says, oh, yeah, of course. Yeah. You know? mm. But, yeah, I just, you know, the, 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 the the crashed spaceship. How many times have we had Cybermen on Earth and they never detected the, one of their own ships You know, buried beneath a department store? Um, yes, they hadn't had a power, but even so. Um, just, you know, it just none of it added up. It was a really, really, really weak episode. Um, I've seen complaints on, well, people on Twitter discussing that, well, this is what you asked for. You know, um, people complained about it being overly convoluted and being you know arc heavy and stuff and and so this is what you get this is what you asked for no it's not what we asked for um we asked for just a little less arc stuff so that you know people like my wife could follow along we didn't ask for crap um so yeah you can't blame it on on people who asked for a little less arc stuff um that's just a cop out that's you know um basically trying to slap people over the over the wrist for for asking for a little less arc um you know y- you can still have a decent episode i mean look at the uh, the doctor's wife you know there's no arc stuff in that and you know we had a damn good episode uh so yeah but yeah so let down disappointed
4: uh well, do you want to read what david Boyce put in that might cheer up <laughs>
3: uh Linda Barron oh Linda Barron appeared on screen 45 years ago after singing the ballad of The Last Chance Luna and the Gunfighters she was also in Enlightenment oh yes she was an Enlightenment too oh oh, oh. <laughs> <Ahem>. yes
5: <laughs>
3: anyway was that a was supposed to read out yes
4: <laughs> no, yeah I think I think you better stop there while you're ahead yes
3: yeah. <laughs> yes yes um so yeah um <laughs> that's my opinion. Everybody's entitled to their own. If you like it, then that's great. It's fine. Um, but I didn't. Uh,
4: uh, well, I, I, I don't. I, I'll, I might say later, but uh, I, th- I well, think one of the reasons why it's, it's, um, you may have had the criticism with it is the, is the fact that it was, you know, with the night terror story and the same denouement, as it were, of uh, father's love conquering very easily the, uh, the situation. Uh, I, I do think the the way the two halves of the series had been rejigged has perhaps not done some of these stories a great favour because mm-hmm. it's put similar ones right alongside other similar ones.
3: You know, Terrace wasn't bad, you know, um, because there was a, a logical progression on that. Yes, it was kind of a bit of, uh, you know, the dad's love of, of coming and everything, but that made sense because that was the reason behind the boy Spears. This was just like, oh... uh the baby cried, and and the dad says, "I'm coming to get you." And Simon's had exploded, badly exploded too. Not like you know explosions. It was just like with this kind of <laughs> thing. It was, uh. <laughs>
4: of course, I was glad of small verses because they didn't say, "Yes, we're in our cyber king ship," which mm. was a great relief to me.
5: <laughs> okay.
4: Uh, well, I'm sure you, you'll have a comeback from some of the people. On let me go to the next clip, and uh, then we'll go to Tim. Okay.
10: Not noticed anything unusual around here, Lady Val.
2: Well, Mary Warnock saw Don Pepperidge snogging Andrea Groom outside the Conservative Club on his so-called day off golfing.
10: Maybe this wasn't such a good idea after all.
2: And then
5: there's that silver rat
2: thing. Good
5: afternoon, sir. Can I help you? She might have asked you
10: some questions. You what? Have you noticed anything unusual? You what? Talk to me about ladies' wear. George. silver rat, glowing red eyes.
2: Yes. Then it zizzed off. What's all that on the balloon?
10: Um, that'll be my partner. Make a habit of hanging around in women's
2: webs. He's a pervert! Look at him! Hello, everyone. Here to
5: help. Hello, Hello,
10: Doctor. Has anyone seen a silver rat? Uh, I see you've met my friend Craig. If he's with you, that's all right, then.
2: I'm sorry.
9: I thought he was hassling me, cos that's the last thing I need today, cos Shona's not turned up right, so I'm doing twice the work for the same money, if you don't mind. Shona? My supervisor. She's meant to be in today, but never showed up.
10: Well, where did you last see her? Ah, sorry, madam. i tried that in red if I were you. Right here, last night, a Cyberman took Shona. A Cyberman? I thought he was a little silver rat. It's not a rat. It's a Cyberman. <laughs>
0: there we are.
4: OK, Tim, if you've unmuted yourself, um, you're on.
0: Yeah, well, um, I don't know if I had high expectations for this, but I, I rewatched watched uh, The Lodger earlier this year. And out of context, the Lodge is a damn fine episode. And so I thought, Oh, something that follows that up and has got like some of the same characters in could be quite good and well <laughs> it was all right, but it was it was a it was a bit of a plodder really. It was a bit kind of like well, here's Craig, he's back again, um, this is what he's doing now. And and they also missed a golden opportunity to just continue straight on from where the lodger finished because it finished with the doctor still having the key to his door. And he could have shown up and let himself in and said, I let myself in, but they'd moved. So I missed the opportunity that I... Um, it, it's one. Of, I, I, I didn't hate the episode. It just was full of stuff that niggled. I think, like the Cybermat having these unnecessary teeth. It, mm. it felt it was a bit too Red Dwarf that for me. It's been. It, 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 uh, there's a Red Dwarf episode. Uh, I forget which one. It, what What the title is? But with the the shape changing alien. The, um it's probably the episode called Polymorph. Polymorph. That and sounds it, like yeah, it. Yeah and it cha- changes shape several times and at one point it becomes this strange mutated thing with little arms and big munchy teeth and I thought, those teeth are just a bit too polymorph for me it's not something I want to see in my doctor if it's a cybermat, it should be like zapping people and electrocuting them, it doesn't have to bite them and um, I mean, I would welcome them coming back but I just wish it had been handled better and some of the actual ideas in it were quite nice um the teleport tucked away and i did the, the, for some reason it seemed to be in both the changing room and the lift so why it was in two parts I don't know no, it wasn't. It was mm-hmm. disabled
4: the the one in oh. the changing room was where they dug out from the ground, and that was uh, a hole in the wall
0: oh uh, right yeah, but um yeah uh the There the, were some positives you can give on this. There's some nice bits of design in it. This cyber ship was well put together, and um, it was interesting to see that they didn't adopt uh, this rather gory method of um, conversion that RTD0 had of all this strange CGI stuff coming down and attacking your head. And mm-hmm. it felt more... It, it kind of felt a bit more credible that someone would be put into a machine and have all this stuff clamped on them and stuff, and that that felt a bit more with it. But at, at the same time, it, it, it was it was full of little annoyances like that. But um, it, I th- I think the it the, the the main thing that grabbed everybody was was like about the last five minutes of the episode because everything kind of wrapped up at around the forty odd um, minute mark. And then suddenly, out of the blue, we get all this River Song stuff that's a pull us into next week. And, um... Well, that, that, that's kind of set everything up, and especially the the bit with the, the Doctor as well uh, borrowing the, the envelopes and saying, oh, can I have these? Which... Uh, and I thought, oh, well, so everything's joining up and we have, like, a bit of circular storytelling here. Uh, but, um... It, it's one of those things. That it's not not... I've definitely seen worse episodes since Doctor Who came back, but this definitely felt like a bit of a plodder while we're waiting for the big um, climax next week. And um, I think I'll I'll drop a rating in now because I I have a feeling I'm going to drop off in the next few minutes because I have that This Is Z thing waiting around to watch. Okay. And uh, so having watched this a couple of times, I think... Three, three out of three out of five. Really, it was, wasn't. It wasn't rubbish, but it it, it just what didn't quite live up to its own its own hype. Really, that's not a bad rating for it.
4: I would thought. I mean, it's quite generous yeah. in some people's mind. It
0: would seem. Uh, I, but, I, I okay. think I think it's it's, it's low for me. <laughs> right, right, right.
4: Okay. Well then, thanks, Tim. Uh, I'll play another clip and then we'll move on to Darth. Uh, but thank you for that. Uh,
10: cheers, Doctor. <laughs> Doctor, what, what happened? Oh, I've been having chips, chapped, chopped. Ah, the Cybermen it killed George, took him back to the ship. The Cybermen are here. You said... Yeah, I know what I said. I say a lot of things. But I've used the teleport. It should have taken them days to repair. Are you okay? Oh, it should be good. The arm that chopped me with, it was damaged. Old spare parts must have changed those missing people. they changed the missing into Cybermen? why didn't they change you long story I'm not exactly compatible but why are they using spare parts why everything I find out makes less sense Doctor listen to me if the Cybermen are here then we're not safe we've got to go we've got to go back to base we've got a base when do we get a base
4: <laughs> of course that's the uh, the house um, ok let's let's move on to Darth if we may um, Darth
7: yes um Hmm, where to begin with this? I guess we'll start at the beginning. And my problems with the episode uh start with, oddly enough, the title sequence. Uh, I imagine it has to do with contractual reasons, or perhaps because uh, the particular way that Framestore created these titles makes it very expensive to change them. But... I think this is a classic case of how behind-the-scenes information can weaken a story. Because to see Karen Gillan and Arthur Darvill's name in the title sequence actually ruins um, the narrative impact of last week's ending. Uh Ah, yeah. You you and I might say, well, but we are adults and we know know, the the behind-the-scenes, skinny-on-things. Uh, We understand that Arthur Darvill and and Karen Gill have been contracted for next year, so we know that that ending in Episode 10 was not the real deal. But I think that they have made a careless oversight here, which, again, perhaps they were contractually obligated to do, but I think it's something to do with the way that the the Framestore files are, because the Framestore titles seem much less malleable than the RTD era graphics, because there, you know, they could just slide in anybody's name they wanted to. They were constantly changing it, but it seems to have really flummoxed them to add Arthur Darville's name. You know, I think last last season, the problem was they didn't put Arthur Darville's name into the credits at, you know, Vampires of Venice, where they really should have, um, so that they could have taken it out later which would have increased the impact of his death in cold blood. And you would have thought, Oh, he's really gone now. Um, and I, I, know this is a niggly detail, but I think to kids watching it and even to adults to see the names of people who we thought were narratively removed from the storyline is quite, um, a mistake. It really is. Um, so I was immediately disappointed by that. it, in my mind, it should have been Matt Smith, James Corden, Doctor Who. Boom, you're done. Um, and I don't personally understand why it's not. Um, so that's sort of the first thing. I'd um, have to agree with
3: that. That jarred when it when it first started up. I'm like, well, hang on, they're not in this episode. Mm-hmm. They're gone. You know, even though I knew better, but it's still kind of like, well, why are they in the credits when they're not in this episode?
7: Yeah, I don't think we should know better. To be honest with you. Oh. No, I, I mean, think we only a,
3: know because we, we dig and find and, and go, well, yeah. But, well,
5: we but don't have it's to dig and find. Excuse.
7: Yeah. Yeah, I mean, this is another one of those examples of, yes, it's officially released by the BBC, but damned if it doesn't actually uh, decrease the narrative impact of things that appear to have been going on. Yeah, I think it's I stupid.
3: Mean, Jim, and, Jim and Martha Jones that, that, that uh, live down the road, who watch Doctor Who off and on, don't know. Yeah. So, you know, this this ends up being a confusion. It's like, well, hang on. Didn't they leave last week?
7: <laughs> right. And and honestly, I think it is something that you know, it's it's really Andy Pryor's team as the casting director that's hammering out the um the contracts here. And so if it if it is a contractual matter that their agents are saying, Okay, if they're the leads, they must be, you know, above the, the titles in thirteen episodes or whatever. If that's really what's going on, then Andy Price's team needs to rebuild those contracts somehow. He needs to say, you know what, it does actually impact the narrative of what we have going on to give away things in the titles. And if if the character has been removed narratively, then the actor's name needs to come down from the bill. Um,
4: With Smallville, they do that when Superman's father died. Didn't um, the actor still get credited for
7: the rest of the series? Well... A better example may be from season 10, where, um, you know, um, the actress who plays Chloe was not there the entire series, um, but she appears in the pre title sequence, or in the title sequence, rather, uh, mm-hmm. on those episodes where she appears, but otherwise she's not there. Oh, right, right. Um, I have seen season 10, so, but. Uh, yeah, enough, yeah. yeah. It, is, it is relatively more common, I guess, in, in the U.S. Well, I don't know. No, no. It it happens in the U.S. that sometimes people who leave in the middle of a series, for example, in Star Trek Voyager or other Star Trek series, you know, they will... Jennifer Lean comes to mind in whatever Voyager, what would that be, Series 4, I suppose. She is suddenly gone. She's not on every one of those episodes. Um, And... I think that that's valuable. I think that that has a narrative you know, impact. Um, and I think that sometimes the, the business of show business gets in the way of the business of good storytelling. And this is an example that, honest to God, it, it should have just been Matt Smith, James Corden, Doctor Who, were done.
3: As far as I remember, in Stargate uh, Atlantis... Whenever somebody was gone, that was it. They were out. They changed the credit sequence right away.
7: Yeah, yeah. I'm guessing uh, it, though, it, it is a mixture of contract and the technical way in which they possessed the title. Because Framestore is a big deal. I mean, I think that it's fair to say that the RTD-era graphics were done by BBC Wales Graphics. I mean, certainly nobody else is credited specifically for them. But during Series 5, and only during Series 5, it suddenly is credited as, you know, title sequence by Framestore. And Framestore is like the, the the Christian Dior, the the Tiffany's of um, opening graphics. They are a, a big damn deal. And I would gather that maybe they just didn't give the, uh, the files to the BBC so that the BBC couldn't adjust them. And then you've got the additional problem of the... Murray Gold new soundtrack where you've got this well it's not necessarily Murray Gold it might be a mixture of Murray Gold and the sound department of overlaying the lightning crack oh yeah, yeah. when the when the different names come so if you change it you'd have to go back to a two deal but we have a two deal example I mean we have you know for series five it's just Matt Smith Karen Gillan so you could have easily if you had access to the files and you could do it contractually you could have just put in James Corden's name where Karen Gillan's was used the old Cut of the music and it would work, um, but I'm thinking that somehow Framestore, being a, a bigger, you know, uh, boutique sort of uh, production company, that they probably didn't give them easy access to those files, so they can't just change it whenever they want to.
4: Well, a well, uh, case in point, of course, is here at the Cult Collective. Ian can turn out a new credit for each of our shows. Yeah, 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 exactly. <laughs>
7: Um, and I think it was, I, I really do think it was super easy during the RTD era, because, you know, I mean, just think about Journeys In, and Earth. I mean, those have a different um, credit sequence to the rest of the ones in that series, and it was, I think, relatively easy for them to fix. Uh, but anyway, thats that was the, bi- the first thing, right off the bat, I was just like, this sucks, so I know automatically that they are coming back, even though I guess we knew that already, but... I, if I were 14 years old, I wouldn't know that. Let's face it. Mm. Um, a, a couple of things from the very beginning. That well, one thing that we were just talking about in chat is, that, you know, you're you're kind of thinking in the Doctor Universe up to this point. If there's a department store, its name is Henriks. And a, a part of me was a little bit um, surprised to see another name go up there. And I kind of was like, oh, come on, make it Henriks so that you've got nice continuity with Rose. But it was cool because. Uh, the name of the, the department store is Sanderson and Granger, which is, if you want to believe it, it's a delightful little reference back to Are You Being Served? And because of the way that Ernest Granger is written out of that series, you can sort of kind of believe that maybe somehow he went on from Grace Brothers to found his own store or something, because it's never, it's, it's just sort of said, he's no longer with us, but it's not said why. It's not said that he died, it's not said that he, you know, went on to another employment. It's just, oh, Mr. Granger's not with us anymore, so, boom. We're, we have, you know, Mr. Tubbs in. Stupid little thing, but if you've watched enough Are You Being Served, just to see the name Granger on an apartment store, you're like, oh, that's hmm. kind of cool. Um, and, uh, sorry, I'm just reading what is put in
4: the text. If it had been Henrik's, it would have been just five vampires from
7: <laughs> from. The, well, that's true. Um, I, I have to say, I you know, generally, I really actually did like this episode. I thought it was in, in terms of um, the relationship that we got in the lodger, which you know I don't like for various other reasons, um, mainly having to do with the fact that I prefer the original source material because I'm crazy, I guess, but I do. Um, I I thought that this was a nice building on that, and I I liked the performance of of Craig here. And and a thing that I really enjoyed was, although there was sort of that 11th Doctor weird awkwardness in places with human beings, Mm. something about this particular interaction made me think, you know, that was a fake from the lodger. It sort of redeemed the lodger a little bit in that we see here that the doctor actually does quite understand what the hell's going on with human beings. And he's just sort of, you know, putting on this little act. Um, so I kind of thought it was a more, it it, it redeemed again, that, that lodger thing that I didn't quite jibe with the last time we saw James Mm Gordon. And I I also, you know, I really did like the double act. Um, I, I, Whatever else you might want to say about the episode, and I'll have more to say in a minute, Um, the episode proves that, I think, Karen Gillan and Arthur Darvill are holding Matt Smith back. I think that he is much better here with this person that is not connected to the whole Amy-Rory deal, and that. Really makes me want to see another era. And I bet we'll never get it. It looks like we're stuck indivisibly with Matt Smith and Karen Gillan and Arthur Darvill. But it really makes me think Matt Smith would just be fantastic with somebody else. Uh, I ate this episode up for it being... Matt Smith with a totally different companion and I, and I love the whole playing with the the word companion that we had throughout the the episode and you you know you see people mistaking it for a sexual term, just like w- we did in series one, where the police thought that it meant that somehow Rose was the doctor's sexual companion or, or Jabe in the end of the world thought that it had a sexual connotation, and here again you get you know um, this this lovely uh sexual patina that's thrown onto things I thought that was all great um, I, I, I absolutely enjoyed the whole domesticity of the thing um, the fact that it is mostly within a department store and or a house um, was great um, but I'm a fan of that sort of suburban deal uh, you know, it's one of the reasons that I like Fear Her where a lot of people may not Um, It's one of the things that I like about the Rose character and her, you know, the the frequent visits to her uh, apartment complex. Um, So I I, I like that. Um, I I thought that, you know, it's not – when you look at the last two episodes, which are so stylistically designed from a directorial standpoint where you had, you know, relatively complicated shot setups and everything – You know, this was much more straight down the middle television making. You know, nothing terribly complicated going on with the camera, no great camera movements, not even rack focuses to any uh, great degree. This was, you know, soap opera filming. Well, better than soap opera filming, but, you know, certainly nothing more than, I guess we'd say, law and order filmmaking or whatever. Um, but it was you know completely appropriate to the script, and I thought it serviced the plot well and it it was fine um the resolution though, just like everybody who's come on so far is i mean it's it's stupid there's no getting around it um and you you do feel that you know the five minutes we got with River Song at the end, or however long that period of time was. The denouement, let's say. The, the, the price of that lengthy denouement was, you know, a shortened plot resolution to the main story. And it's a stupid plot resolution. And it is the fourth time, I think, we have this entire series of fatherhood being the reason that yeah. a, an, an element, within, a major plot element is resolved. And I'm damn tired of it. I mean, this is much worse to my mind than the gay agenda ever was in the RTD era, to the extent that it existed, because the gay agenda was just about background, you know, character detail, but it really didn't have anything to do with the resolution of the plot. Whereas this season, and we're just talking this season, but certainly the the Stephen Moffat era in general, but this season has been almost entirely about fatherhood. Almost every story has some element of Fatherhood in it, and you know
5: it's You're because the he's a father.
7: One. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it is him reflecting his own life standards, and that's fine. I mean, writer writes about what he knows, and a writer is going to prove probably those things that he knows. And for him, Doctor Who is probably indivisibly linked to fatherhood. Um, it is the way in which he communicates with his children in a lot of ways. We we are given to understand, um, but it is damned repetitive at this point. Having said that, this is the best of those stories. I mean, this is better than Night Terrors. This is better than um, that strand within the Almost People. It is certainly better than Curse of Black Spot. Um, it, taken in isolation, I'm sure that you know two years from now, when we're not involved in this story arc, when we're maybe even in another producer's era, this is going to be, I think, more durable than the others that have come in this series. Um, just because of the quality of the double act between the two actors and, and the, the, frankly, sparkling dialogue. I mean, there's so much going on in that dialogue, whether you're a Doctor Who fan and, and, and love the reference to the three Doctors and the five Doctors where the Doctor says, you've had this place redecorated, I don't like it, um, or, uh, you know, I'm sure we could list lots of other different little interactions between the Doctor and, and Craig. Um you know you're going to appreciate it, I think, in the future as just a a, a great way to write dialogue in a humorous way. It, 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 that has certainly always been the strength of Gareth Roberts, and it certainly, I, I think, maybe this might be his his funniest script in terms of dialogue. Um, but it, it you can't get around the fact that that damn ending makes zero sense, and it's. At least Gareth Roberts has the good sense, and I would say manners, to essentially apologize for it. To have the doctor say, no, 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 it's not that love conquered all, it's that, insert technobabble here. And then he stops the technobabble and says, yeah, actually, it's just that love conquers all. I mean, I give Gareth Roberts full credit for realizing he was writing a crappy ending, (laughs) and for putting that into the script as if to apologize for it. So I, I, I guess I like it better than Night Terrorist for that very reason, better than Curse of Black Spot, better than The Lodger even last time. You know, because at least he's saying, look, I know I'm doing this, but I'm doing it anyway. Because frankly, I got to get on with five minutes that probably is written by Stephen Moffat here. Um, so whatever. Uh, again, you know, can you... Is this a good return for the Cybermen? You know, is there such a thing in the first place as a good return for the Cybermen? Or is it time to leave these damned creatures in the 1960s where they belong? I think it's time for the latter. I am so sick of Cybermen. There has not been one damned appearance of these stupid monsters in the BBC Wales era that's been any damn good because... At the very beginning, Kit Peddler and Jerry Davis screwed the pooch. At the very beginning, when they came back with the second appearance of the Cybermen, they totally screwed it up. They wrote a totally contrary origin story to what they had started out with. And we've been screwed ever since with these creatures. And they just kind of look menacing. People sort of like them because they're human but not human. But this is, I think, at the point where you say... It is not possible to write a good story with the Cybermen. And it's just not. Because if you try to go in the direction of doing something original, you're going to end up with the Borg. There's no... You're not going to make it any better than Borg. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Star Trek took the idea, stole it directly, did it better. And now Doctor Who can't do it because it's already taken. And in the public consciousness, it's a Star Trek idea. So... Stop it! You've lost the battle on these, and it it kind of sucks because we've had now 12 episodes of this series. 11 of them had unique creatures in them, more or less. Um, I mean, yes, we had returning. This isn't like you know, Good Man Goes to War, where you had you know returning. Yeah. But individuals from the Santaran race, individuals from the Silurian race, so that. The race wasn't exactly an issue. It was just, here is a person, you know. That was great. Um, but, you know, we've had 12 episodes. 11 of them have featured unique enemies. Now we have this returning enemy, and it's crap. You know, for all practical purposes, it's just total crap. Yes, go I, ahead.
4: I, I think in The Confidential, uh, he he said that, um, you know, he felt as though there should be at least a representation, Gareth Roberts did, of... Uh, of, a, of an old baddie uh, and again it may well be that the Cybermen are ranked higher with younger viewers than than they are with us you know because they can stamp mm. around the playground but um,
5: yeah, the, I mean, the thing
4: that annoys me, me with it is the fact that you knew it was going to be the Cybermen because in, in the trailer it showed the one appearing from behind a curtain I would have perhaps enjoyed this episode more if I didn't I mean, obviously, as soon as I, saw the, as soon as I saw the Cybermats and older people saw the Cybermats, no, and, and I'll agree, I don't know whether you thought, uh, and uh, and Tim and uh, a few of us said, um, the Cybermats used to be actually more scary to me than the Cybermen,
7: but it didn't seem that scary in this. Oh, I don't, I mean, if we're just going to talk specifically about Cyberman, I'll take this Cyberman over anything from the classic series. I mean, come huh? on, the Cyberman in damn Revenge of the Cybermen is st- Stupid. And at least this episode explains why and how that Cybermat was able to hold on to Sarah's neck because at least we see that there are teeth. I mean that makes right. sense to me. Which it never made any sense to me in Revenge of the Cybermen. I um, thought they had and, metallic teeth. Well, in, whatever in they whatever they are. I mean it makes more sense to me that they're organic teeth and that you see a That's gum true. line. You know, because at least that, that indicates oh well they've been fashioned from spare parts. Spare parts. Um, <laughs> insert reference to a fan favorite here. Um, yeah. uh, so that was... I liked the Cybermat design here. Uh, certainly, oh my God, I mean, the, the Tomb of the Cyberman original Cybermat, are just stupid looking. Um, uh, if you
4: notice, by the way, on, on one little clip after it had attacked mm-hmm. Craig, uh, we actually switched to a CGI one for a moment, That the one that jumped up off the ground. That was CGI'd, that little... For just a short section of
7: it, hmm. I don't know if I noticed that, but I mean, uh, it's not like I've actually gone back and looked at this episode with that degree of care uh, as I might have with others. But um, I, you know, I don't, I don't mind the Cybermat design here. I just don't. Know why they are there, but I never understood Cybermats anyway. To be honest with you, there's no appearance of them. I mean, I guess they make the most sense in Revenge of the Cybermen because there they are delivering a illness, right? I mean, there they are. Yeah, I mean, they 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 have a specific offensive purpose. Here, I mean, they. I'll grant you, they are given a specific purpose here, and it's it's. It's justified that they're here, but they're not the most interesting things to me in the world. Um, but, you know, of all the Cybermat cyber designs, I'll take this. And, you know, I, I guess this episode, the one thing that, if you're a real Doctor Who fan, I, I mean a, an obsessive Doctor Who fan, one of the things that you're going to be looking out for in this episode, especially after a good man come, goes to war, is are these the Pete's World Cybermen, are these our world Cybermen, and I think you have to say at the very least they're not Pete's world. There's no way that they're Pete's no. world uh, because not not just the you know redesign of the actual costume, which is more significant actually than just the removal of the the C logo in the middle. There is actually something that has been done to the bodice of it that is more streamlined, has more vents to it. It is a a more significant redesign than perhaps is uh, well again in the plot.
4: In the, in the plot, it was the thing that, that, I mean, this ship must have crashed, you know, maybe, a, I don't know, 50 years or 100 years ago. It was all, uh, obviously all this was built over it. And it was only the relaying of the power lines that suddenly given them any way of sort of sparking themselves back into life. So right. they're remem- remnants of a uh, an invasion that, that never Got anywhere? You know, the, the, the unexploded bomb of a cyber ship,
3: right? Some, somewhere uh, in that uh, ship with the remains of Edric.
7: <laughs> yes. Oh, wouldn't that be nice? Uh, but um, <laughs> yes. No, but the the other thing, you know, you know that these are not the same thing that we've gotten so far in the series. Is just the whole method of cyber conversion and what, you know, I mean. Let's face it, the actual moment where Craig gets apparently cyberized or whatever uh, is pretty dire because it reveals that that little brain thing that we've seen on cyber controllers of the modern era or cyber king, uh, cyber, what are, cyber lords, depending on which brand of Cybermen you're talking about, is totally fake. Because you can see on the interior side that there's just a little brain shell there. I mean, it's not actually his brain. It's just the symbol of a brain for some bizarre reason. Um, And, you know, the way in which he comes out of it, Oh, I'm going to, you know, click my heels three times and wish for my child to cry and that whole thing. It's, you know, it's trite, whatever that, but, in terms of how cyber conversions work, it really is not consistent with Tack of the Cy- I mean um Rise of the Cybermen because there the tenth doctor makes what's her name, Susie, Sally, whoever the hell yeah. it is that she finds, you know, remember her wedding and that doesn't make her, you know, suddenly come back to life. And you'd think that the power of remembering a wedding has gotta be close to the same emotional level as, you know, hearing your child cry. Yeah, you I, I are, uh, you know, that's similar levels of emotion. And, you know, the one doesn't make the person come back, but the other one does. So they're not I, the same Cybermen. Go ahead. I, I think they changed the rules
4: with Cybermen, didn't they, after the, uh, the, the, the um, Pandorica Opens, was it? The, the Underhenge story where we had this sort of uh, uh, empty Cybermen suit crawling along looking for a body. Uh, uh, and the idea was that, you know, uh, the school popped out. Of the head, ready to take a new body, and, and this was really a re. It's not consistent with the, as uh, was said by someone earlier, the you know the uh, the the hair knitting you know the gadgets that came over the head and sort of chopped the brains out and
7: mm. uh, uh, and did them. I mean, but, but it's but the weird thing is, of course, it's not even consistent with old school cyberman or certainly not with attack of a cyberman if we're going to actually believe that that's still relevant to canon or whatever but um you know i mean there it shows it to be an irreversible process totally you're done and mm-hmm. that it that it you know is physically quite painful and degradating uh, or degrading rather um this doesn't really show us any level of de- degradation i mean it's just He's popped into a helmet, and the helmet pops off, and there's no cigars left. There's no nothing left. It's just, you know, he is whole again if he was never – I mean, it almost implies he was never not whole. And and the real question is, and I hate to say it, but the real question is, how are they going to put the bulk of James Corden into the full suit, and for that to make any sense? (laughs) I mean, I'm sorry, but that is a question you kind of got to think about, and they just never really get to that part of the body, which is probably good um but it, it's weird and the other thing is you know uh, okay this army is being made up of spare parts i mean you you do get that that said twice in the episode and so you have to think that these cybermen are not fully human you know it's not like they've taken a complete human and made them into a cyberman they've taken some parts from somewhere and reassembled them which doesn't Really make any sense? Because why would they kill these other people? You know, George, the security guy. Yeah. The uh, the, the supervisor. Uh, yeah. 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 And by the way, I'm sorry, but why did they kill all the black people? But we'll leave that on the table for a moment. Um, <laughs> um, and and why do they kill them and not make them the cyber controller? Why is it? Oh, here's this dude. We'll take the stupid guy, and well, we'll make him the cyber controller immediately. Why didn't they make anybody that they killed before? I said, why did they kill the people before and not make one of them the cyber controller? Well, uh, the, the, uh, they, they did
4: explain that. I mean, there were only six. Presumably, they had six suits. They couldn't make any more suits, but they they had, uh, you know, not fully functioning ones, uh, and 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 perhaps each one of them had been given some sort but, of. No, rating and, that's not an explanation. He said there was only six of them. Fine, so there were only six of, of them. So so maybe there were only six of them, but only three of those functioned. And so they used the spare parts to sort of... But you're right. Uh, anyway,
7: no, the but whole they're, they're, point they're was, talking about the making whole thing was cyber switched. control. I'm, I'm not talking about... Yeah, but I'm not talking about making other cyber men. I'm right. talking about making the cyber controller. Well, they deemed it to be clever, but it was only because
4: the the character had learned all this from the Doctor, and he was quoting the Doctor, but the way he reels off all these things, like, I I dealt with this and I dealt with that, they suddenly think, ooh,
7: this one's is, a bright one. Hmm. Is that what they're doing? I don't know. I, I mean, it, it you is obscure you don't, to...
4: Well, if you don't care about the episode, then you, it's not going to work. I mean, I've done this before. If you don't care about an episode, it's so easy to nitpick.
7: But um, no, I mean, but, but now, be fair, I, I'm not fully into to Ian's camp here. I'm not saying I don't like the episode. I like... Uh, I don't know what the percentage would be, but certainly about 80% of the episode. It's just the, the matter having to do with the Cybermen. Uh, actually, when they are in the cyber... It's not really a ship, but the cyber caverns or whatever we're going to call them. Right. Um, and it, Nothing about that cyber conversion really makes any sense. It's not just... You know, he wishes it bye-bye and they explode. You know, it's not just the whole fatherhood saves the day thing. It is, why do they pick him to be the cyber controller? I don't think that that's... I mean, there is a little bit about, oh, aren't you clever or something like that. But,
1: uh,
7: I mean, if the Cybermen are really thinking that this guy is clever, then they really are stupid. I mean, as Ian has rightly said, the episode does nothing for the... You know uh the seriousness of the cyber race, but you know that's the one issue, and then the other issue is why do they so desperately need the cyber controller? why don't they just upgrade one of the other guys that they have to be the cyber controller as we have seen happen yes, the, yeah. instantaneously yeah. in in um, doomsday you know there's that one scene in doomsday cyber controller dies okay you're the next cyber controller update you are now the king i mean they
4: haven't got any any black paint for his for the bars well you're right yeah yeah
7: yeah i mean and and and, you know there's that whole lack of you know that's then there's the confusion that now is going on with cyberman in bbc wales doctor who that is this guy is called a cyber controller, but he is in the costume of a cyber lord, which is a new term for BBC Wales. Um, the, there's no intermediate level, you know. Where in in Doomsday, you're right. You have the guy that's just in the black bars. That's a cyber controller, I think.
3: Cyber leader, I think.
7: Cyber leader. Yeah. You're right. That's the cyber, cyber leader. leader. And
3: then there's this. And there's the controller, like the guy in the chair.
7: <laughs> the controller, and then there's the cyber king, cyber lord who we get in like that that video game that we're supposed to take as real canon because BBC says it is. And then there's the, uh, you know, and he's also called a cyber lord in Next Doctor or whatever. But the, the point is there is no intermediate hierarchy here in this whole thing. There's no cyber, um, I mean, we, we go straight to a guy who looks like he's a cyber lord, but we're calling him a cyber controller and there's no cyber leader around at all, which is like, what? The whole point of Cybermen is that they're supposed to be within a very ordered, computer-like hierarchy. And there's none of that around. And then they just get destroyed by a baby crying. What the <laughs> hell is going on? Yeah. And right. None yeah. of it is any mm. freaking sense. But take that out. 80% of the episode is, frankly, some of the best comic Doctor writing that there's been. I think and then it, it, certainly some of the, be- the 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 double act is great. I want there to now be a sequel and here's what I want that sequel to be. I want it to be the doctor and river, the Amy and Rory, Sophie and James Corden sitting around a damn table having dinner. That's what I want. I want a couple's night out with these three couples that we now have in modern (laughs) Doctor Who. And then, you know, maybe something happens. Who knows? They get a Santar and waiter. I don't know. But I I see the potential for a couple's night out. And that's what I would like for our next uh, Gareth Roberts installment in the soap opera of Doctor Who to be. Okay. Let let
4: me stop you there. (laughs) What what, what I'd like to do, Ian, is um, I'll I'll play another clip and then... I just want to do a couple of housekeeping jobs, and then, um, uh, well, let me play the clip first, and then we'll go to that.
10: Come on, Clay, pick up, pick up, pick up, pick up, pick up.
5: Doctor?
10: Okay, don't worry, Alfie's fine, but on no account enter the house.
5: He's it down Hit go. it! Make great,
10: great, make it it must be shielded from metastatic energy of Yeah, of course! Don't
5: worry, I
10: have an app for that. Stand
5: back! Stand back!
4: Yeah. <laughs> OK, um, let me just do some housekeeping, Ian. Uh, I'm going to have to okay. drop off in about ten minutes, so if, if uh, I can just ask... Uh, Resident Alien and Willis Girl, who have still yet to speak, if I will go next. Ian, that was clip um, six that I've just played. Have you got the other clips to hand, yep. should they be yes, needed? OK, well, uh, with great deference to Resident Alien and Willis Girl, we've yet to go, Ian. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we've also got some reading to do from the uh, the and Facebook page of mm-hmm. some comments there. Uh, what I'll do now, then, is I'll I'll have my little say... Play clip seven and then bow out. Okay. Ready. Okay. Well, um, I, I wasn't particularly thrilled with this episode. Um, I, I thought it was going to be uh, a sort of a, a jolly jaunt, and I suppose that's exactly what it was. If you think about it, not the God Complex, but the uh, the girl who waited was a semi Doctor Light episode. You remember the, the the Doctor couldn't go into that facility, the Two Streams facility because he would have been uh, immediately attacked by the illness. So that was a sort of a Doctor-like one. And I saw this, uh, although I take on board what um, uh, Dar said about the fact that, really, it, it took away the fact that um, uh, you know, Amy and Rory uh, were in the titles, and, and, and therefore it was less of a surprise when they actually appeared in the episode. I must admit, I was surprised when they... They, they did turn up. I, I hadn't made that particular notice in the titles because, as I said, I, I'm used to ones where if if a person's in within at least seven episodes of a series, they usually have a a, a contractual right to be a featured uh, name. So um, that, I didn't actually take that on board. Um, but I saw this as the companion light one. But I do really feel as though this episode suffered for two things. One, it suffered because I think the way they've rejigged series 6 part 1 and series Tick part 2 I don't think they've done any good service the way they've moved them around and of course the juxtaposition of uh, the stories where the father's love is the one... I mean, I'm not saying that the father's love can't be a very strong emotion and can't be the driving force, but it wasn't just the driving force for him being saved. It was actually the solution to him being saved. I mean, um, once his head was welded in that thing he managed to unweld it from inside somehow. I mean, that, to me, seemed ridiculous. Again, you shouldn't have to judge these things by re-watching the commentary, but I think the writer said, you know, he wanted to take that to the very last minute to to the point where you felt as though the character had been lost and there was no way back. Uh, but then, of course, he then cheated by bringing him back. So I, I did think that was... Uh, uh, a sad. Not. It, it was unfortunate after the um, the um, the other Night Terrors episode. Like seeing Gladys Emmanuel. It was nice. Can't believe that woman's about seventy-four now. Uh, but uh, it's good to see that she's still in it. And I am very pleased that uh, other better-educated and well-read members of our group, uh, David Boy and Darth and others, remember that um, she was also in Enlightenment and other episodes, uh, gunfighters, uh, the ballad she sang. Um, uh, I do feel as though the comedy really worked well in this. Um, Same as Darth, I was disturbed a little bit, by the way, from the lodger, the Dots had this sort of air-kissing thing and not knowing how to behave around humans. When you'll have to look back to, you know, other appearances when this has not been the case. It seemed to be an affected thing. But at least, I suppose you could argue they kept the continuity by in this episode reunited with the same character he went on in the same vein um but really i i'm not too sure how many times i will watch this checking out the audio i always um am amazed at how clever the the uh, the narrative is in terms of getting references in and uh uh, little things that explain it. Uh, I mean, the, the fact that the doctor was caught out—he didn't think they could repair the, um, the, you know, the beam me up, Scotty thing. Uh, that was because they didn't have two. The other one was a, a, a the the dugout tunnel. Um, it, I quite like the fact that they were Earth uh, Cybermen, our our universe Cybermen. Should I say? I think that was good. Uh, I, they had the neat solution to the explosion in as much as the the hull of the ship had contained that explosion, so it didn't blow up uh, the whole neighbourhood as well. Um, but really, I, I don't think there was an awful lot for the story. Oh, I like the uh, the bit with Karen Gill where she's signing autographs, and I thought, why are those kids wanting an autograph? And then it panned up to the the um, the perfume ad uh, for the girl who, who stopped waiting or something, or the girl who's tired of waiting, which, of course, was a a nice uh, um, thing to the fact that the Doctor always says that Amy Pond, the girl that waited, so I I quite like that. Uh, But then uh, I really enjoyed the, not so much the part with Riversong at the end, but I enjoyed the part where we're back in the house and the Doctor's collecting the blue envelopes and he gets his stats and, and I'm feeling as though things are getting nicely set up for what will be... Uh, the series climax next time so I, I, I can take a leave this episode I think it suffered from its placement in the series um, my son when I was talking to him he said he wasn't so much surprised about it being a romp he was surprised that we weren't going to have uh, like a two part final he was almost thinking that um, I mean we've had series finals that have actually been three parters if you think get back to things like Utopia and so on So he was surprised that it played such a little part in building us up to uh, the final one. But um, I think that's probably all I want to say. Um, Just to remind people that when Ian lets you out of class, uh, Podshot may well be still going on, and that's on Torture ID 23358. Of course, next week we'll be talking about the Wedding of Riversong. And with that... um, uh, I'll leave you in the capable hands of Ian. Resident Alien, I'm sorry. And Willis Girl, I apologise for ducking out at this time, but um, I need to just get myself sorted out to join Lewis. So we're up to clip 7 if you want to uh, go there, Ian. And we've got readings from Colton.
3: Okay, you were going to play clip 7 before you left.
4: Okay, I'll do that in fact now. Thanks for that. Yep.
10: I am a stupid, selfish man, always have been. I should have made you go, I should never have come here. What would have happened if you hadn't come? The last knows about Cybermen and teleports that put people in danger. Stop beating yourself up. It's for you, this whole planet would be an absolute ruin. Oh, Craig, very soon I won't be here. My time is running out. I don't mean exit door. Silence will fall when the question is asked. I don't even know what the question is. I always knew I'd diced in asking. Thing is, Craig, it's tomorrow. Can't put it off anymore. Tomorrow is the day.
5: I'm... <sighs> okay. Oh, there you. You're still here. Yay. <laughs>
4: yep.
3: Bye, all. Yeah, um, And just just so you know, uh, the the uh, if you haven't seen the text chat, the the name of the perfume. Core.
4: Now that's referred to somewhere else, isn't it?
3: Yes, yes, that's from, uh, from uh, the doctor's wife. Ah, well the done. The smell of, uh, the, which smells like dust after the rain, remember the thing that... Rory ah, had yeah, to yeah, yeah, remember? Um, thank yeah. Thank you,
4: David, boy, yeah, as well. Okay, uh, catch you later, everybody. Catch you at eight yep. tonight, Ian.
3: Okie dokie. Well, um, I don't have the list in front of me, so I'm just going to pick
5: <laughs> Willis
3: Girl. We haven't heard from you for a while, so take it away.
9: Oh, hi.
5: <laughs>
9: um, basically, I didn't particularly like this episode that much, mainly because of the, the ending. To me, there have been way too many endings that were like, clap, if you believe in Tinkerbell, you know, the power of love. That, that That's just, it's starting to grate on my nerves now. <laughs> One too many of them. Um, let's see. Um, when, when I first saw Amy and Rory in the store, I thought, and I saw someone asking for their autographs, I thought they were going to be Kern um, Gillan and Arthur Darville playing themselves. And I thought, wow, that, that's really, you know, surreal they would do something like that. Um, let's see. Um the only thing I really liked in this episode was the uh cyber mats They were exciting, the cybermen were completely useless. I don't know why they were in the story. They didn't really do anything. Uh and uh my guess on who the impossible astronaut is, I believe, um in the story when the Cybermen said that the doctor was incompatible, uh to be made into, I believe, a cyberleader. I I thought that was kind of weird because you know they've, they've been knowing that they've known the doctor for such a long time, and out of the blue he's incompatible. Mm-hmm. And I say that the reason I think that the reason that, that they found him incompatible is because he isn't the real doctor. I believe it will probably turn out that he's actually um, the ganger doctor. Yeah, that's just I my it. guess.
5: Yeah,
9: I feel that the real doctor is the impossible astronaut, and that the. Real doctor shoots the ganger doctor. Hmm. And that's how, that's my guess. Yeah. I guess on how it's going to play out. I don't know if you all um, did a roundup on who you, uh, how you think this all will end as to who shoots who. Is it really River or whatever?
3: Well, we're, we're, well I guess um, from, from what people have been saying, in the text chat especially, that. Uh, the main guess has been it probably isn't because they showed it to be. <laughs> and knowing yeah. Stephen Buffett, things aren't what they look like. So, <laughs>
9: yeah. Yeah, I, um, my guess. Uh, hopefully, yeah. if I'm correct, well, I'll find out tomorrow uh, next week if yeah. it's actually the Doctor who is the Impossible Astronaut and that he's used the Ganger Doctor.
5: Yeah. So that uh, River doesn't
9: have to. So he Doesn't feel that guilt. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Do you have a rating? Um, I didn't much care for this episode because of the ending. there just it's been too many um, Power of Love episodes, that's you know, grating to me. Um, two out of five. Two out of five.
3: Mm-hmm. Okey-dokey. Well, I'll play another couple of clips because uh, we're we've got more clips and we've got people left to talk, <laughs> and then we'll go to Resident Alien. So here we go.
10: Let's see This ship crashed here centuries ago No survivors But the system's are dormant Waiting for power And then the council Stick a load of new cables Right on top of you Not enough power Not enough parts
1: When we are ready We will emerge We will convert this planet To cyberform.
5: form the six of you
10: You know that is enough Deactivate yourself Or I deactivate you
1: He must be the new leader Now is not like us, brain and binary vascular system incompatible.
5: Oi! Cybermen! Get off my planet, alright? Activate this! Please! Stop this! Get
10: out!
5: You located
10: on... Yeah, in the lift. Bit rubbish. No little
5: cybermat never stood a chance. You see what you're dealing with? You
1: are compatible. You are intelligent. Yeah.
5: <laughs> ah! ah! ah!
1: Do not fear. We will take your fear from you. You will be like us. You will be more than us. No, no, no. Your designation is Cyber Controller. You will lead us. We will conquer this world.
10: Doctor! Don't worry. We've broken their
5: cyber map will
1: drain their power. You have failed, Doctor! Begin conversion,
5: phase one, cleanse the brain of
10: emotions. Please, listen to me, I believe in you, I believe you can do this, I've always believed in all of you, all my life. Craig, tomorrow I'm going to die, but I don't mind if you just prove me right. Craig!
3: Begin full conversion. Alright, and uh, I'll play one more and then uh, we'll go to uh, Resident Alien emotions
1: eradicated, conversion complete.
10: You wanted a chance to prove you're a dad. You are never going to get a better one than this. What is happening? What's happening you metal moron? A baby is crying. And you better watch out because guess what? <laughs> Daddy's coming home! Help me!
5: <laughs> Which means a very big explosion. Overload, overload, overload. Get over- we going to get out of here! I know. The
3: teleport. How did you get in there? Help me. Alrighty, Resident Alien. Welcome. Hello. Hi, what, did, um, what did you think of the episode?
11: Well, I quite liked it, actually. Uh, I thought it was pretty funny. I, I I think Gareth Roberts can turn a really funny script in, and I suspect that the differences between those that really liked the episode and those that didn't so it depend on how much you can cope with the comedy, and I, I did laugh a lot in this. So I love that. My biggest problem is one that lots of people have mentioned, so there's no point dwelling on it, but i the thing is, there's a reason that people like me don't write Doctor Who. And the reason is, I couldn't think of great stories. I couldn't think of great plot endings. And if I did write it, I would come up with rubbish, like a father's love, you know, for his kid, uh, kind of, you know, wins the day. And that, frankly, is just, it's poor the first time you've seen it. And to have it yet again, I mean, to at that, at that point, I would have said this would have been like a four or five point episode for me as a five i loved it but then you go back think, no, they're really not going to do that are they they're really not going to do it and they did so i don't do to sort of rant about that because i think so many people have said that already no one's coming and said hey we love that ending so
5: <laughs> yeah
11: so that's my uh, biggest problem with it a uh, couple a couple other things I, I i agree with a lot of what dar says as, as usual um especially at the opening credits i think Having Arthur the and Karen Gillen coming on the opening credits really takes a lot out of the uh, impact of last week. I thought that was poor, and uh, and a, there's, a, there's a sort of a BBC America component here as well. In that it's, uh, it's really compounded by the fact that they still got that wretched Amy insert at the beginning, which doesn't yeah. fit in this series at all anyway, because it isn't just the Doctor and Amy. And then to have it in an amy Life episode anyway, where she comes on and says, I well, you know, a little girl, and I waited for the... Day, that just... It, it was really poor. And so it put me in a grumpy mood at the beginning of the episode. First of all, the credit thing that Darth mentioned, and then also the fact I was watching it on BBC America. I, I, I normally like to try and get it first of all, on the BBC One feed and then, you know, then I'm not too grumpy if BBC America messed it up. But I was out all day and I had to watch it live on BBC America. So that was a, uh, that's a bit of a, you know, bit of a grumpy old man thing as well, <laughs> you know. And I felt like a grumpy old man last night watching this. Um, but I also I sort of kind of agree with, with, with what Dance was saying about the business of once um, Amy and Rory are off you know, off-camera, uh, This does something to Matt Smith. I thought his performance was outstanding in this episode. I, I, and, and there's something about the tragedy of, of him knowing that he's about to die that actually makes the comedy all that bit better. You know, there's always that fine line, isn't there, between the tragedy and the comedy. I kind of like that, the fact that he knows that this is his swan song. And I, I think I do agree that, I can't remember what said earlier on, that, you know, there's a comparison here with David Tannen doing his swan song, and, and somehow this works much better because he's, he's kind of going around having a laugh, and that's sort of what you'd expect this doctor to do rather than going around moping, you know. So that was, that was good. So I'll just throw in a couple of things just briefly about... Um, I've got um, teenage daughters, so it's kind of interesting contrasting their reactions, you know, to you know, a grumpy old, you know, 40-something... And um, one of them was actually, for the first time, my 14-year-old, for the first time since 2005, stopped watching the series uh, after Let's Kill Hitler. She's just, it's just uh, for the first time, it's just thrown her off interest. She's not watched any of the episodes since. She's not particularly wanted to catch up. So that's a little sad. But you do know I did the same thing aged about 14. So it's funny when you see it happen to your own kids. I kind of thought it wouldn't happen with New Who, but it's still there. And I think the arc is somewhat to blame because, Last night we said, oh, yeah, come on, join him. You know, come come and watch this this episode. Oh yeah, but I've missed a few. And he says, oh, I didn't. you there was some episodes. No, no, I don't want to. I want to watch those. Episodes. So I wonder if the art heavy, you know, stuff is going to have put a lot of people off. And uh, my other daughter watching it said that she thought she's older, but she she said that she really enjoyed this episode. But she enjoyed it because it wasn't you know too sort of heavy. She dislikes all she she thought Let's Kill Hitler was, was dire. She really didn't enjoy that at all. So, you know, I just want sort to of throw that in as well as one or two, you know, things that, um, you know, from the sort of the, the dance perspective, since there's a lot of, uh, you know, daddishness going on in this episode as well. But overall, I, I put this around about a sort of a three and a half, I think, which has been roughly my feeling for much of the second half of the season. I've enjoyed the second half of the season. Um, for me as well a lot of it I don't know about others but a lot of it is going to depend on how things get resolved next week I mean if Moffat has got a really really outstanding resolution to you know the whole impossible astronaut thing then I think I'm going to be very happy but I'm slightly worried that it's going to be some kind of fudge a cop out yeah I'm worried about that so truth going to you know you know time will tell on that one but so. Uh, Little bit worried at this stage about how it's going to how it's going to pan out. I, I, I just, I mean, just briefly one thing on picking up from one of the Facebook threads on the Colton Collective. There was some talk about you know whether or not you know the melody Pond arc is, is finished. I, I I don't see how it can be since we haven't seen a resolution to uh, Amy shooting at the thing at, right at the end of Impossible Astronaut. You know, bear in mind that that was a cliffhanger at the end of that episode. Then we went into Day of the Moon. What three months later was it? Something like that. So we haven't seen what happens there. You know, I mean, all right, we see the little girl that we now know is Melody regenerating, but I don't know what... there's some there's some loose threads there that I really hope that they tidy up. I hope that's not it for that. I'd be disappointed if it is. Right.
5: Yeah, the,
3: Liam's been a little disenchanted. I mean, part of it has been that. It's a bit too scary. They've been going for a bit too scary. I don't know whether he's been scared because he'd never tell me that if he was. Um, and just as this one was was starting, he goes, I don't like what they're doing with Doctor Who at the moment. Um mm-hmm. Interesting. And at, at Interesting. the end of this episode, he was he was like, "Oh, that was awful." Um, <laughs> told his mum it was a good thing she fell asleep. <laughs> Interesting. Did you yeah. not
11: find, I mean, you you, you said you hate it. I mean, did you not think it was funny at all? Did you not at least like? you know, some
3: of the Matt's message of humour. I, I, I mean, I don't have a problem with Matt as the Doctor. I kind of push that aside because, you know, it's, yeah, you know, it, it would have been even worse if he had been miserable in it. I mean, I, I like okay. him as the Doctor and I, I, I always accept him as, as the Doctor. Um, But... I, I mean, I thought the humor and everything in the situation was a lot better in the lodger, and this was just kind of like a bit of a rehash of it—throwing um, mm-hmm. a baby and and get rid of the wife for for the weekend. Um, mm-hmm. And I, I I totally the the bit at the end where the two ki- the three kids just stop and stare at the doctor—that just caught me as being just really kind of a bizarre thing to do. I mean, I know it tied in with her reading the accounts, but it just seemed really quite bizarre that he's walking up to the TARDIS and these three kids stop what they're doing and start staring at him. And it just seemed, yes, I know he's wearing a Stetson, but, you know, it wasn't that kind of stare. Like, like, yeah, you know, a lot of kids, he says, hey, look at him with a hat. You know, there wasn't any of that. It was just this kind of, like it meant something. And that just kind of struck me as being kind of a bit odd you know um.
11: yes it was I know what you mean I mean it would be interesting to see whether that's it was purely a method of linking us into River Song in her
5: yeah.
11: little hidey hole or, or whether you know there's anything more to it I suspect there isn't I, right. you know I, I think it was just a fairly patched together way of trying to link this website into the next yeah great thanks so uh, Ian enjoyed the show oh, yeah. as always Wonderful no, to no catch it
3: good okay. um, alright I'm going to play another couple of clips and while I'm doing so if everybody uh, who has not put a rating in yet I've, I've got three down here uh, one for um, Tom Baker's old scarf and Pyro and Guest 8's uh, ratings uh, if everybody else would put their ratings into the text chat and uh, I'll also go around the room and, and get ratings again from everybody who's still on audio but here are some clips to take us out
10: well now it's time I have to go Doctor, I know that something's wrong. I can help you. Nobody can help me. Um, I hope Sophie won't mind. I need these. Where are you going to go? America. Sophie will be home any second. Are you sure? I can't miss this appointment, Craig. Goodbye, mate. Wait there. One second. From Sean Stagg. Wow. You ride him, partner. Oh, thanks. Bye.
2: <laughs> Doctor, that'll be
10: Sophia, right?
2: Oh,
3: and our last clip.
2: Tick tock goes the clock, and what now shall we play? Tick tock goes the clock. No son has gone away. Hello? Such a lovely old song. But is it about him? Do you know about the doctor? So very well. Oh, don't try and remember me. We've been far too thorough with your dear little head. What oh! are What are those things? Your illness. My what? So they made you a doctor today, did they? Doctor River Song. How clever you are. You understand what this is, don't you? According to some accounts, the day the doctor dies. By Silencio Lake, on the Plain of Sun. An impossible astronaut will rise from the deep and strike the Time Lord dead. It's a story. And this is where it begins. You never really escaped us, Melody Pond. We were always coming for you. How do you know who I am? I made you what you are, the woman who killed the doctor.
5: No! 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 <laughs> All righty. yeah, that kind of left
3: us there, yeah. Hmm. Um, I do kind of like, you know, I just noticed that in there, maybe the, uh, the reason why she can't remember being... Created as this weapon is because every time they do it, they have the silence standing there. So she never actually remembers, but they're conditioning her anyway. Anyway, uh, I'm rambling. All right, uh, looking at the text chat, and uh, from what I got before, one out of five from Tom Baker's Old Scarf, two out of five from uh one out of five from Guest 8, Willis Girl, this it a two out of five, Silent Tarot a 4.5 out of 5 for sheer wit and dialogue. Uh, Davy Boy gives it 3 Stormageddon's out of 5. Sparkling dialogue and spot-on performances, but a slight plot and poor resolution. Uh, Cybob, 4 out of 5 for me. Fairy Tale ending lowered my rating as well. Uh, uh, Davy Boy also says Francis Barber is too plummy. It's Madame Gavorian.
5: <laughs>
3: Resident Alien gives it a 3.5. Um, and took uh, 1.5 off for the resolution. And the seventh Doctor, uh, 3.5 out of five. Uh, Charlie, your rating? Uh, it's, it's a
6: four out of five. Just you know, like you know, like I say, yeah, the Cybermen uh, resolution was a bit you know naff, but I, you know, I like the humor stuff. You know, the Doctor, he has to have a name tag because he forgets who he is, and I also like the um, the whole bit with. Um, him talking to um, again about, you know, safety Christ for later, you know, the naking sense of spiritual empty- emptiness. Um, yeah, but yeah,
3: all all, four out of five. Okay, dokie. Okay. Darth, rating?
7: I'll give it a three out of five. Okay. Doke.
3: All right, also uh, from the text chat, uh, Sam Tarot says, really didn't like the rubber Song ending. It was so totally disruptive to the rest of the show. All right, well, that about wraps it up for this review. Of course, join us next week when we'll be reviewing uh, the wedding of Riversong. Uh, As Dave said, as he departed the room, uh, he's heading over to uh, Podshock Live, uh, which is on TalkShoe ID 23358 and is uh, probably getting underway right now. So, uh, yeah, you can jump over there after you've been here. Uh, but if you're listening to this later, it's already over. You don't need to worry.
5: <laughs> All right.
3: Uh, that about wraps it up for me and uh, the crew here at the Colton Collective Podcast. As I said, join us next week for more Doctor Who. Goodbye, everybody. Bye.